All right, we back and I'm excited this time. Why? Because last time here, I only had one half of Heart Strong. I had the, the masculine side, that dunamis. <laughs> I said all that. I don't know what to say the feminine side of dunamis is, but we have it here now. <laughs> My sister from another yes. mother. A second half of Heart Strong, Coach Lucinda Hart. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. So, how you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. How you doing, Mr. Hart? Oh, man. Welcome to be back, man. All right. All right. You know, y'all doing good things over there. Y'all relaunched your Rehab My Marriage podcast. I'll let y'all yeah, say oh, something man. about it real quick before we get into it. You yeah, can explain it better We have to get me. it back out there, man. It's been a while. Uh, a lot of things transpired as far as move, whatever. But now that we settled, yep. we want to get back out there. And like people keep asking me about it. Even like a student of mine I work with. Asked me about it and charged me up. Like, Mr. Hart, why you not bring your, your podcast back out? I'm like, what? Are you only 14 years old? Even unmarried, he gets ripped. But he, when, when, you know, but that gave me a little fire. I told my wife, like, hey, let's get it back going now that we're settled. And uh, yeah, we came back episode three last week and episode four will be out this week. And uh, we keep it going, man. Yep. Very excited about it. Yep. All right, all right. So right now we're dealing with common misconceptions of marriage. It's funny because we keep hearing the same thing over and over again that people are dealing with. So right now we're just trying to shed some light um, so people can come into it with some realistic expectations because yes. that's one of the things that really yeah. trips up marriage. If you got wrong expectations, you're going to lead to disappointment every single time. So that's what we're talking about. We're really excited about this subject. So. Yes. All right. Although I know you all just clearly said you all did a podcast about it. I want to talk about some stuff like that because while I'm in the male empowerment side of it, you know, when you're married, it's also a feminine aspect of right. that. Right. So I can't just say, you know, oh, purpose, purpose, purpose of a man and right. forget about the female side. So as we jumping in, okay, Mr. Hart, Mr. Jason, Coach Jason. Coach Hart, wherever you know, you all know, you know, in some circles they might even call him Apostle Hart. <laughs> I was waiting on, here we go. Here we go. But that's that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. All right, so being married, you are if yeah. you people don't know they are married to each other. <laughs> what is the importance of a man coming into a relationship and already knowing who he is and having a vision or is this something or is it not very important at all or can he just grow up one day man meets woman one man and woman get married and then boom purpose is poured into him at that point uh it's very important because when you think about the word husband the word husband comes from two words hus and bond which means man or a man who is bound to a house who cultivates so that means that a man has to already have an identity established. So ideally, you want to have your identity established because why? You're going to be one who's going to, who's going to really determine how the culture is going to be set up. Right. And then when you partner with your wife, then you guys can become co-creators. You see, so now to understand that the the um, the the roles are always going to be the same. There's always going to be a hierarchy, so to speak, as far as the husband, in Christ, and the husband and the wife. We got that down. But within the marriage itself, there's still co-creation. Where me and my wife were coming together to develop and and transform our family right. to a point to where now we become more examples to the world. So for a man, if a man doesn't have his identity and purpose already intact, it's going to be a tougher role. You you'll be climbing uphill, kind of learning as you go, as opposed to hey, if I can learn right now, understand what my identity is, what I want to see take place in my family. When I do meet that person, then we can see hey, do we line up? Do our values match? 
Do our same ideals match? Do we really want to work together and become co-creators? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good. I just want to tag on that. And I think part of that goes back to even stewardship because, you know, a lot of times we can be um, not really not really conscious of what it is that our purpose is, but we know just looking at creation, like God created every single thing for a purpose. And every family has to have a purpose. Every family has to have a direction, which is the point in having that hierarchy. So it can end up leading to a lot of frustration and then end up also leading to not really maximizing the potential that God gave you. Like we all called to leave a legacy. Like the Bible says that a good man leave an inheritance for his children's children. Not a GoFundMe, you know, <laughs> not a what are we going to do, you know, now that this person's not around, like we are supposed to be able to leave an inheritance. So that means that we have to have lived a life um, that was full of purpose. So I think that's where that comes in. It's kind of like the old saying that says, hey, you don't, you fail to plan. You, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Okay. Well, I want to ask you a question, ma'am. Yeah. You know, we, Generations' times are different. Yep. So, <laughs> being a woman growing up, granted, I'm not saying you had this mindset, but what do you have to say about, you know, the independent women? And grant, because mm-hmm. I, I tell my wife, it's, it's cool. I want you to be independently dependent. Yeah. Meaning, I want you to be able to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. However, knowing that while we're together, it's a synergy and it's a hierarchy and it's not a slave type thing, but you know, this the way God, God made it. So what do you have to say about a, a woman growing up now thinking, I don't need a man. I got my vision and you got yours. I got mine. Why should I submit to you? And what do you have to say to that woman to make her see that, Hey, you know, your husband, if he's, if he has the right mindset, isn't trying to make you a slave. He's just, being in the position that God put him in? That's good. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I want to back up before I answer it because I heard something the other day and it kind of shed some light to me as to why people kind of take on that mindset. So we just think about people saying, okay, well, feminist movement, you know, women just didn't want to submit, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I heard somebody say it like this, like really what happened is that a lot of men were not being right with their wives. So like the Bible talk about, yeah, you dealt treacherously with your wife. Like I'm not happy with you right now. So a lot of women, when they will go into these roles of being the housewife, then the men will be like, well, I'm paying all the bills. And then, you know, like, I mean, not even too many generations ago, it was common to cheat. It was common to beat. (laughs) It was common to do a lot of that stuff. So then the women started feeling like, well, hey, for all of that, I can just go get a job. Why I can't just go get a job? Why I can't take care of myself? Like, if that's all I'm going to be able to do is just kind of sit around and then I can't have any money until you say I can have some money. And then I have to feel like that's all I can do is kind of run around and clean up or whatever the case. I think that's kind of the history that kind of led up. So we want to know, like, that's a that came from a toxic culture. So that was never God's intention or his plan in the first place. So in a healthy relationship where... The man love his wife like Christ loved the church, and the woman is willing to submit to her husband and honor him. That's not just some, it's not slavery. (laughs) It's not supposed to be like that. So now we have to come out of that, come out of that. Like, no, that's that's not what that's supposed to look like. So kind of acknowledging the right model. So I would say um, you want to build with your husband something that honors God, but you can think about things that you really want to have in your relationship. Like we can still exist in a place of purpose because nobody's getting anything out of 
the wife not fulfilling her purpose. If she's sitting around and all you think about, you're depressed or your kid's looking up to you and it's like, well, what does mommy do all day? Is mommy a maid? You know, <laughs> if you don't have a purpose, nobody's getting anything out of that. I mean, women can be very prosperous with business. Like she's meant to add to the home. Like we went, we look at the Proverbs 31 woman, like, yeah, she was able to manage all of that. So it's like if God gave us the ability to do all of that, it means that he believes that we can do it. So in addition to taking care of her home, she also was able to see a field and go out and buy it. Pause for a second. Let me, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm really, got, I don't want to cut you off. Yeah. I don't know why people say I don't want to cut you off as they're cutting you off. But anyway, I like the way, I like how you said that because I've had this same problem. People, I've heard so many women yeah, I'm a Proverbs 31 woman when clearly right. they haven't read the entire chapter. The entire chapter. Is unaware. 30, 30 <laughs> of what that really means. <laughs> 32. You because, want another one. Because all you hear is, you know, I'm supposed, you're supposed to take care of me. I'm virtuous. I'm this. This virtuous right. woman was a hustler. She was a yeah. go getter. Like you say, she from her own substance mm-hmm. bought this field. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to go say, Hey, husband, you know, let me hold something. Right. She, from her own substance, exactly. is producing. Mm-hmm. And not in that production to say, I'm going to hold this to the side. Not in that, you know, what was Shaq's wife's name? You know? I'm going to hold this to the side because uh, I right. see this ship is sinking. But yeah. no, I'm holding this because I know uh-huh. when my number is called, yeah. I got it. Mm-hmm. So w- why do you think, Proverbs 31, in most people's mind, only have two verses in it. Well, first of all, <laughs> my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. You're not reading the Bible. You did not get that. I mean, like, so so people are, you're confusing it with westernized culture. Well, we're just looking like, okay, so um, you're looking at a trophy wife. Like We're talking about the crown of her husband versus trophy wife, where you just over here, you look cute. You can, I mean, that's all you are. you just arm candy as opposed to somebody who actually brings value. And we're talking about, well, what yeah. are you bringing to the table? Well, what are you bringing to the table? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but, but a woman who truly knows her worth, because that really comes from an insecure place to where that's all I am. It's nothing more to me than just the outside. That's really a, a thought that comes out of a lot of insecurity. And so if people learn more about them and learn what it is that God says about them, what he's put within you, your, learn your potential, then people will get more fulfillment and then I'll be willing to say, okay, I see, okay, God did have a whole plan. It wasn't just for me to live like in oppression. I see that he really did think highly of me and believe that I'm able to do all of these different things. So I think if people would read, <laughs> if they would learn from good teachers, because a lot of people like now you got grandmothers, you out here with your daughters and stuff in the club, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a changed generation where people yeah. are trying to go backwards. They're trying to 50s and new 40s. Like nobody want to get older in the sense of being wise. Everybody's still trying to live out this folly, foolishness age or whatever. So I think that's where it comes from. We need to get rid of all the fallacies. So if everything comes from all of these wrong places, and that's why people confuse. Yeah. yeah. So we need to unlearn some stuff. Exactly. It's like even the Queen Bee yelled out to the single ladies and went home to her husband. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You're right. Took him back when Becky was she like, Becky was a good hair. Right. She, she so, right. so she made lemons, lemonade Listen. out there, lemon, and both of them was drinking. She went on. Man, they did all of that. They went on tour. They made a whole lot exactly. of money. Exactly. And he came back later and he was like, hey, we decided to make our marriage work. 
We so just all, these, all this great advice He started giving All this good marriage advice But your lyrics And your songs Are promoting something different So people have to look the song cry What he told her I was just out there Messing with them girls I was gonna be right back Wow <laughs> <laughs> You know Wow But hey That's terrible yeah. But yeah, you know, but hey, he might have learned from his mistakes. Who knows? Like no, God, so. God can change anybody. <laughs> so, Mr. Hart, what does it look like since you're the head of the household and if God gives you the vision, he's going to give it to you. So does he give it to you already with her portion filled into it and you just go and tell her, hey, God told me that you got to do this? Or does he present you with a blueprint that has some things in it to where you all can discuss and move some pieces around that ultimately has the same outcome. Yeah, I think the thing that um, when you think about it, and I was sitting as, as she, my wife was talking, I was thinking about how when what ha- when men, men couples are going through and facing, especially when a woman wants to be independent or come to a place of in, into, in, independence, that really raw circumstances from a place of dependence. We're all really coming from a place of trying to depend on somebody else to give us happiness, to give us joy, to give us completion, to give us fulfillment, to give us whatever we want to look for. So my question is, does God create people to be dependent on each other mm. in a marriage? Well, then that will create codependency, you see. Right. But the question would be then, well, is that really going to work? So to answer your question, I think well, well, what God does is God, he gives, yeah, he gives the husband gets a blueprint. Right now, he might not get the blueprint before he gets married, as far as how he's going to conduct the marriage. However, God, however God expressed it, how God expressed it, but the man's not seeking God, and he wouldn't get, he would, he would not have any blueprint. He'll go right. out the blueprint that's already in his mind. So the question is, you have to understand: okay, is this God giving me this vision, this purpose for my family, or is this something that comes from myself? But once God does give a vision for the husband, then yes, you you share with the wife. Why you share? When I say the wife, you share with your wife. Because there's value she has to add to it. Because a wise woman does what? She builds a house. Right. So that means that's, that sounds like interdependence. So if I come, if I'm in a place of independence as far as knowing who I am, knowing my identity, my purpose, and she's in, and she is in a place of the independence, then we come together in agreement, which is called a covenant. And we come together in a covenant that we create interdependence, which means that hey, we're working together to make this work. It does not mean she loses her identity right. or I lose my step, my position. We both understand. Even when she said earlier about how, you know, husbands love your wife like Christ loved the church. So then why submit to your husband? Even submission is an act of love. Mm-hmm. Everything is all about love. It's all love center anyways. So her submitting to me uh, is a really her act of love. And me uh, you know, embracing her, cherishing her, nurturing all this like that is still an act of love. But within that, we still have come to a place where we wanted to create with each other. So I may, yeah, God may give me the vision, but it's not the final. It's not my version. It's the final say so, so to speak. Right. Say, okay, this is this is where God wants us to lead this family. Where we're gonna go. Okay, this. And then I, when I express to her, all right, look, okay, this is how we can get there. So, like for instance, it's like playing. It's like playing a board game. Uh, we all, we all like in there before. It's like playing like Candyland. Like we open up the board game, mm-hmm. you see where all you see where the goal is. You see where you supposed to win at. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So that's how a husband he gets the vision. He says, okay, this is, this is how we're going to win. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. This is where it's at. But at the same time, I might not know how to get there, all the mm-hmm. steps. But the wise woman who has wisdom can show the steps to get there right. and help us prog- progress there. So is that that? It's not that it's a bad thing that she doesn't get, quote unquote, God doesn't give her the vision for the family. No, but she has the wisdom on how to get there. So I, was, I, might, know how to, I might know where the finish line is, but 
I can't get all the steps right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 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 And that's what really works for us together is that, you know, any any couple who will listen listen to this podcast, the thing about it is we're willing to work together. There's no fight for titlements who it is now. We understand from biblical model who we are. I'm the husband of the head. Right. She's Washington Smith. Right. Within that, that's okay. We got that the way. Now, within that, when we get past the elementary stage, which is really what it is, of understanding that, now let's come to co creators and create together. You see? That's cool. That's cool. Because I, I can't say a lot of people are battling for that position first. Mm-hmm. They're trying to establish who they are. Well, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. Okay, instead of accepting the roles, they're trying to go based on the roles that, like you say, if they're outside of the will of God, they really don't have a true. Because think about it. It's like saying, God, your planet, your way is not good enough. Right. It's broken. It's dysfunctional. Well, we can tell God this. When we tell God to his face, hey, your way, your, your design of marriage is dysfunctional. It's not working for me. I quit. I'm going to find somebody else's model. Yeah. Nobody, nobody in their right mind would do that. But that's what we do when we fuck up against that and create these new trends or these new way of looking at things. These new, uh, called the counterculture. So a biblical model. Right. And the, but that's why there's so much chaos. That's, that's why the divorce rate is still high. That's why kids are... Still commit to suicide. That's why these things are still happening because there's so much dysfunction in the family. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what do you say to the people who feel like marriage is not something that they need to do, that I can do everything that both of you all just said as a, I guess they still call boyfriend and girlfriend now, date, I don't know what you... uh, Called life partners. Yeah, so... committed, Committed relationships. Yeah, which in my opinion, you're not committed until you. You're not committed until you commit. Until you commit, yeah. <laughs> you commit. So you know, but what do you say say to people like that? Hi, girl, I love you. You know what? I don't have to. May I don't have to go marry you. I get that paper just to say that I love you. Yeah, I and, I I believe that. Um, when people feel that way, it's like they lost faith in something or some type of structure or something happened to where something was just broken. And people feel like it can't be fixed and then you're trying to show it in some kind of outward expression or whatever. But just for the simple fact that this is this is just like a level. Like if I truly love you on that level, I mean, first of all, your soul, you love your own soul to put yourself in right standing with God. Because sometimes that's just not people's standard. Some people just if you if you've taken a stance like that, you've already took a stance like, well, I have no fear of God, which is a whole different conversation. But to, to shift it even past that, if you value your spouse or value your quote unquote life partner, you know, whatever that much, you will be willing to say, hey, I want to take it to this next level of commitment. It's kind of like the thing that you get for free. Like you really don't value it the same. It's not the same. Well, I would say I would say, I would say a little deeper. Maybe I'm thinking different, a little differently than <laughs> you because I agree with you saying. But what I'm thinking is that when people who take that stance, and it's kind of going off what you said, is that you're literally saying that God's way is not good enough mm. end of the day. So it's really to take that stance and I can do all these different things and still have all the benefits, then it's really just a slap in God's face. That's what I really come down to. Because though, if, if a Christian is saying that, if a Christian, who, the person who believes in um, Christ, the Lord and Savior, and believes in the Bible and they read everything in it, then if they take that stance, then really you're in direct rebellion. So everybody who takes that stance, you're really rebelling against the culture. You're rebelling, or the culture has maybe been established, so you're really rebelling against the biblical culture. And when people take that stance, oh, I can, um, I had a friend of mine that did the same way. Man, you know, we, we can live together, man. You know, we can have all this different thing. I'm still going to love her. I'm never going to leave her. I'll just be with her. 
Yeah, but then, but is that the right? Is that the the godly way? Well, no, it's not. But then, it just say, just just say, call it what it is. <laughs> say, I don't want to live the biblical way. I want to do my own way. Mm-hmm. Say, just say, just say that. It'll clear up all the issues. So I'd rather have somebody to tell me, hey, I don't want to live the biblical way. I want, I want, I want to live the the ungodly way. Okay, then to say that's what you're doing. Don't try to sugarcoat it with this. Well, this is the way. This is the culture now. This is how things are done. These can work out this way. No, let's just you know, call it what it is. But the Bible was written so many years ago, <laughs> and you know it's 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 not the same today. You know, yeah. he just wrote that book back then, and you know I pick and choose. So that's right. that that right that don't, that don't apply exactly. to today. Exactly. exactly. You know, but, but you know, we, but we think about it, that's really what it all comes down to. I mean, any any um topic we, we may talk about, or bring up, is really come down to are we. Somebody a believer in Christianity? Are they Christian? They're, they're biblical, or are they on their own thing? And I think maybe it might be something you said earlier that what reminded me that really what comes down to is for people in this country now is that truth is really relative, and what that means is that your truth is your truth, my truth, my truth. You stay on your side of the lawn, I stay on my side of the lawn. You can we, we can coexist, so to speak, as long as you don't tell me what I should believe in. Every movement in America is like that, whether it be you know whether it be for gays, whether it be for rights, whether it be for whatever. Every movement is based on my truth. Everybody wants my own individual truth to exist and say, hey, I want to have my, this, this is my identity, this is who I am. Right. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what's the foundation? What is the foundational mm-hmm. truth? What is the absolute truth? And because people don't want to hear truth, people want to make up their own truth, that's why we see so much dysfunction. Right. You see? But when we come, when we're, we're working with a couple or even stuff we post on Facebook, you know, and the things we talk about on the podcast, we're always coming from the same biblical truth. We're not going to mix in, well, the culture saying this, so let's do it like the culture. No, this is the absolute foundation. From that, we can build off that. But that's what makes it kind of difficult. If you don't want to build off the foundation, which is a biblical foundation, then you're building off your own worldly foundation, which are your own truth. People don't want truth. And that, I agree with that. And it's funny because as a Christian, the, the bar is the Bible. Mm-hmm. The bar is that foundation. So everything is rooted from that. Right. But when you don't take that as that consciousness of saying, hey, I have a biblical worldview. Right. A worldly worldview really has no foundation mm-hmm. because it's just based on the thought of a thought of a thought of a thought of a thought. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if I ask you why you believe what you believe, what do you trace it to? So if you say, hey, you know, I don't marriage, we don't have to be married. Okay, if that's what you believe, where do you trace that belief to? Because while you say the Bible was written and might may have been rewritten and rewritten, what you're saying about marriage is just a thought that you heard that somebody said that you bought into. So that's a dangerous place because that means your worldview shifts with the times, whereas the biblical worldview, it stays the same. Now, how you present it may be different, Right. But the foundation, the message of it stays the same. And that's why we see now that people are devoid of identity. And I think that's the reason why marriage is, well, relationships don't go into marriage. Because if you don't know your identity and the only thing you have is what you see, and I've seen every marriage fail. I've seen every woman do this, every man do that. Right. In in the black culture, the only marriage that we ever knew was, you know, Cliff Huxtable and man. him in real life man. was foul. <laughs> out of there, man. Out of there. there. You know, Cliff Huxtable was awesome, but his real self was man. we like, man, so we don't have nobody. Yep. So now 
you had the culture Give and what people do for the man. culture. Who you had the new Bill Cosby, not in the sense of you know raping people, <laughs> but the new Bill Cosby in that model is Tyler Perry, in my opinion. Mm. So what do you say from looking at from a man's point of view? Mm-hmm. You see him. He's successful. He building everything. He's self-made. He this. Mm-hmm. He claims to be a Christian, preached a message at the Potter's house, oh laid hands on T.D. Jakes. <laughs> you know, but yet, man, he speaks about his girlfriend. He speaks about, you know, the babies we have and stuff like that. Nothing is rooted in, hey, you know, cherish one for man leaves his wife and leaves his father's house and the two come together in this one flesh. It's just, yeah, we kicking it. You know, I love God, but I also love fornication and money, you know? Well, you just said, you just gave the answer right there. What do you love more? <laughs> what do you love more? And I think, but, but, no, but seriously, to give more and more context to it, I think the thing about it is, man, is that it's, it's, it's tough because those are the examples that we have. Those are the things that people point to. And what happens a lot of times is that people's, people's status and what they have, what they've done outweighs who they are. And a lot of times, especially with Tyler Perry, a lot of the accomplishments people do are perform, become who they are. It becomes like, it, it comes on parallel with, their, with, their, with, their, with their character and their standard. But your accomplishment never outweighs the character, but that's what, that's what goes on. So you can be very, very successful person. You can, have, you can be a multimillionaire. You can be like Tyler Perry and build this $130 million or whatever studio, and that'll be, but that'll that'll be on par. I supersede your character, but if we just look at this character about alone, what does character tell you? If he's saying, if he's saying I'm professing one thing, but my actions are, are saying something else, then the actions who we really are, and we have to accept that for it be what it is. We can't say, well, but 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 it's Tyler Perry, man. I mean, the Medina, they were so funny. We can't say that. We can't go based off his accomplishments and say, well, that's how we should value him as a person. No. It is what it is. Either we're going to stand for the truth, mm-hmm. or we're going to stand, or we're going to create our own, um, I would say, our own narrative to help us to help us believe that he should be something more than what he really is and projecting. You know, I think that's really good, and and I I feel like really the church needs to stop kind of pointing fingers or not saying anything and just kind of take responsibility for what's taking place. I mean, we're not we're allowing all of these things to go on. And not really addressing certain things that we know are real issues, and I think that's that's really unfortunate that that the lines are blurred. Like there's certain things that to me that just that really just shouldn't be done. But anyway, right. I think that's another story. But I think the other thing too, I think it's incumbent upon the church to really have an understanding. I think that um, we don't really have a lot of understanding of what a family structure is supposed to be, and what's really happened is that people lost faith. People lost faith in family, like people lost faith in marriage. So we have to work to restore the faith back into the marriage union. Now, I think it's good. They say that the millennial generation is reversing the divorce trend on marriage, which I I think is great. But at the same time, they're turning it into um, a thing that's more like a popularity thing. Business transaction. Right. It's like, okay, it's like a status thing. Yeah, more status. Right, which makes it like... So we look good together. Exactly. Yeah, so like, it's superficial. Like hitting, like hitting milestones. But this they milestone are point. willing to stay together too. So it's not like they just got together and then the relationship is breaking up. The same thing that most people grew up in. A bunch of divorce. Right. A bunch of broken relationships. All that kind of stuff. So 
It's pseudo success, you know, but I think that we have to get to the point and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. What is the purpose of the relationship that you're in? We have to be those examples. We're looking to the world to be an example for us. And they're coming in, you know, kind of like the, the message we got the other week where God had to raise up a Kanye because we are not those examples to a certain degree, like as, as in the body of Christ. Like we need to focus on developing and cultivating the culture of whatever success God has put within us so our families can be prosperous and our families can be successful and we can be those examples in the community. Because you're always going to have people that you see on TV, but the connection is going to come when you think about those people that you actually know in your own life. You know, mm -hmm. And if we can focus on building that back up, then we can turn it around where people aren't so busy looking at all of those other people. And that's not even a family. Like That's just two people who had a baby. Okay, so a question I have. How do we get past the... The luster of the the look of marriage, and I explain this say like this: like my wife said something about how on social media people say, "Oh, dang it!" You basically you seeing people on Facebook, you seeing you know, and they live in a quote unquote best life, right. right? And you know, oh, this is what it is, and how they say relationship goals. And they, she just said, it's not relationship goals, it's basically picture goals, because y'all look good right now, but as soon as you took the picture, he punched you in the face, right. <laughs> and something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So how do we get past the luster of how relationship looks, and I liken that to, I'm not saying he punched her in the face, but the Obamas, people love them. On the outside looking in, their relationship is awesome. It's like, ooh, ah, and people aspire for the ooh, ah, but in reality, you don't know what's going on in their household. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do we start promoting the basically the behind the scenes part, the functionality of the marriage and not just the the look? Well, like what you said is correct. That's how we promote functionality. I think that we want the church to say is to make a stand, this and that, but we have to make a stand individually. Because we got we have to it's a start somewhere, you see. I think instead of waiting for somebody else to be the voice, we have to be the voice. It's one that we learn ourselves, right? We have to be the voice. We have to be the ones that talks about it and share it. Not only just deal all the great and glitz and glamour, but then deal with, maybe not necessarily put your business out on the street, but like talk about, hey, abuse is real. Hey, rejection is real. Problems do happen. Like we have to really start talking about things and create a conversation to where right. people will feel safe enough and vulnerable enough to want to share these things and not try to worship the image. Because the image of marriage is like it's like an idol now, mm -hmm. right? I, we have to we have to be this image. We have to be this this certain look, but the substance is bad, right? So then we have to start now. We have to switch it around. Say, all right, let's talk about the substance. That yeah, people have arguments. The yeah, we the picture look great, but we argue the whole way to the photo shoot, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then we argue on the way back home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It doesn't really change, but it really comes with we really want to be authentic and be genuine about it. And I think another thing too is that we have a desire, people should want to desire healing and wholeness in a relationship, not the outside look. So I think a lot of times too, a lot of marriages are really like, they're really cancerous. And outside they may look okay, inside they're really dying and falling apart because they're not really addressing the issues and really being authentic about it and be real about it. But that's one thing that you know, we press on when we started Heart Strong is that was our, that was our desire. Like, hey, the things we want to deal with too within each other, our own marriage and relationship, a lot of things we had to overcome. And we, uh, we also understood and knew that other people are probably going through the same thing or even dealing with other different things and how can we be a voice? So 
just taking a stand to be in the voice and talk about these real issues, right? And that's like, it seems like the real, like the hashtag of the, of the, of the, of the decade, real. Everybody wants something real, real this, real talk that, yeah. real this, real fights, 100. real. Everything is real. Everything is 100. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, it's, it's, it's false. It's not even real at all. Really, what it is, it's just another facade. Mm-hmm. It's a mirage, right? And a lot of people's relationships, they're not marriages, they're really mirages. They just right. show up as one thing and not really being what they're supposed to be projecting. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. good. And I, and I think it basically comes down like we have to put away all the idols. Like we need to be confident in who we are. We know we're in this world and we're not of it. We know you might put out a post, you might share things, you know, you might get two likes, Tyler Perry might get 2,000, you know, it doesn't matter. Like we have to be comfortable being who God called us to be to the point to where we're not looking at social media and we're getting depressed and we're coming out of social media and we're coming out of every arena that we can possibly have influence and have relevance in. So we have to be, number one, willing to be willing to be used. Like we say stuff. God used me. I don't want to I don't want to be honest about nothing. Like I want to show everything like it's completely perfect and everything, but use me however you want. Like, no, like we have to be honest about what's going on. And we can't get so confused to where we start compromising. Like we can't right. let the world dim our light to where now we're like, well, I'm going to just shine a little bit bright. I'm mean, a little bit dimmer because I really want to offend nobody. Like, no, we have to be willing to to show whatever it is and express whatever it is that God has for us to express so people can really get a real understanding of what marriage looks like. And I think at the end of the day, everybody wants real because a picture does nothing for you. Idolizing other people does not make you feel better about yourself. It makes you feel a lot worse. And people be honest when you look at everybody else and you turn around and you look at your life and it's less than perfect. You start feeling bad about yourself. And everything is not every every goal. Everything, everything people put on social media like oh relationship goals. The house is not a relationship goal. Money that's not a less financial goal. They say it's a financial goal. They say it's a dream. But no, a relationship goal is what is going on in your relationship itself. Exactly. How is it being developed? The relationship goal should be. We didn't argue this week. A relationship goal should be that, hey, we really, we have a great desire for intimacy. Right. A relationship goal should be, hey, that we're looking to communicate better. Those should be relationship goals. Well, we but social media is so Exactly. But social media, the negative side of it, not all social media, it's not bad, but the negative side of it is just that it's the look, and the look has became the goal. Right. The, uh, the, out, the outward appearance became the goal. So if me and wife, we can go, we go take a picture right now. And I and I go rent a tuxedo from Al's, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Formal wear, <laughs> and we go sit in somebody's slab, you know. What I'm and it's like, oh wow, man, they balling. No, it's just a picture. Right. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, when somebody find, finally figured out that they car that rapper had in that video, he just rented for the day. Like, what are you doing for his? Oh, oh, that was his. Oh, he like rented for the day. Cash you know? money and leave a stick, leave a stick in the window exactly. just to show the price. <laughs> And a lot of influencers are doing that. They're wearing outfits when they're finished with the photo shoot, they take it back. But we saw something like that, but was it an article we read? That's what a lot of people are doing that now. Yeah. They're, they're actually renting luxury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was looking at an interview that Ocho Cinco did, and he said he wears fake jewelry. Wow. He said, I could afford real jewelry, but why? He said, why spend my money on this when I could just wear the fake jewelry? You don't know the difference and you just see me in it. But he said, I could afford it. I just, he like, I'm not spending my money on that. Mm. I was like, that's that's, hilarious. That's (laughs) that's, hilarious. That that is crazy. And that's sad because that just shows, I like, to me, like everything that's happening in the world today, like you can line it up to the Bible. Like we're living in a time where men are lovers of themselves. So we're so full of ourselves and full of being infatuated. We just love being infatuated with stuff. 
We just keep on, and it, but the problem with that is like it's a never-ending cycle, and it doesn't actually satisfy you. Like fake love, fake infatuation is never satisfying, so you just keep doing it, right. and all you can do is just keep on jumping from one thing to the next thing, and it's never, you never get anything out of it. Yeah, so people, you got to know who you are, because when you don't know who you are, you start seeking to right. find like that infatuation with the mm-hmm. jewelry and stuff. That's just your advice. You right. don't go do drugs or drink. You just go to the Louis Vuitton store, <laughs> right. or to the flea market, or mm-hmm. whatever you buy. But Mrs. Hart, I want to ask a question because this is something I'm I'm bringing up something from ah, it happened earlier in the year, but it bothered me, and maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm li- I'm looking at it wrong. Is maybe wife, is your wife listening? <laughs> <laughs> no, earlier in I think it was this year. Mm-hmm. Aisha Curry okay. made a comment oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. saying something about she wished that dudes would look at her. She looked at her online presence and something, mm-hmm. and she realized dudes weren't just, you know, looking after her like they looking at Kim Kardashian. Right. And she said it made her feel some type of way, and, you know, she wouldn't be mad if dudes basically, I guess, start shooting a shot with her. And in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> you married. And then I think she compared it to Steph Curry. First of all, not saying nothing about Steph Curry, but people doing this because he is Steph Curry. Right. You're his wife. Right. So as mm-hmm. far as fame goes, these dudes, these women don't want Steph Curry. Right. They want Steph Curry because he's wealthy. So you see this and comparing yourself to the fame that he has, and then you're like, man, all these people, women throwing themselves at him, and I don't, I don't right. got no love. Now, as much as I love Aisha Curry, and I love Steph Curry, I, I, what I love about them is what they want to stand for. They want to stand for Christian marriage. They want to stand for which I know sometimes he be cousins. I can still appreciate the fact that he is making a stand. He is doing because something we're with not his. Perfect. Yeah, we're not perfect. He make a stand. He uses platform. He got the the act of faith line out, and I think that's awesome. Um, but the problem again kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. Okay, if we're confident in who we are <laughs> and who God called us to be, like we shouldn't be playing out these same worldly lusts and worldly desires for. He, people hitting on you. And I mean, she was really, she was really emotional about that. Like to yes. the point she's tearing up. Like she was really deeply feeling that emotionally and people at her core. And fade into that, like, oh my God. And, but the sad part is, the sad part is, she's representing herself as a Christian wife. You're on a secular show with a woman who has an open marriage. You have an opportunity. Millions of people are watching this show. Why? I don't know. They can't give me any advice about life. I love them as actors. I like I will I will see something that they in, but what they do in their personal life, I'm not interested in. They don't give me no advice. You know me. But anyway, so I'm like she had an opportunity to to show something different, and she chose to come out with something very wretched. And I just feel like that's that's the problem with us. We're confused. We're confused. We're barely saved. We're still dealing with a lot of stuff. Like she's gorgeous. Do you need anybody else to tell you any different? Like, you're, she's beautiful. She has a lot of success. Even though she is Steph Curry's wife, she got her own business stuff going. Like, she's got her own stuff going. Like, she got her own show. But why, own isn't, show. why isn't that enough? That's not enough. But there, but that goes back to those 
those passions, those desires, men being in love with themselves, the time that we're in to where we have to know, like, if I'm called to God's purpose, like, like the Bible talk about the salt. I mean, once the salt loses saltiness, we have no purpose. Like once we become tainted, we're useless. The enemy gets more out of us than God can if we are doing the same thing everybody else is doing. Like we infiltrate it. So mm-hmm. now people looking and they confused. So okay, so Mr. Hart, mm-hmm. what do you say? How do you, what do you do in this case if you Steph Curry, you chilling with the fellas? And then they say, hey, Steph, you, what's going on at home? <laughs> like, what? Man, your wife just said that she wished the dudes would hit on her. What do you do if you're married and your wife feels something like this? Because she's clearly something is lacking in her inside. There's something, there's some trauma, something going on inside of her. What do you do as a husband what do you say to her? And because you, you know you don't just go on. What? Don't just go off. And it might make you mad because it made me mad when mm-hmm. I saw it. Mm-hmm. Just the flesh initially, just like what? <laughs> right. Come on. But once you come to your senses and realize, okay, God, what do you do? You can give her a ticket to the midnight train train in Georgia. <laughs> you can do that. That's a good option. Uh, <laughs> I think that. Uh, I think what's difficult about it is that. I, I, that was my thing. Her, she, she said it was retarded. I mean, just come on, this is retarded. But, I, but my 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 <laughs> thoughts went to like, what is Steph Curry thinking? Exactly, as the one who's doing it. But it kind of goes back to what well, I, I kind of answered this two part. It kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier, which is that how we started off this conversation is understanding the role. To me, it seemed like because my husband getting a shot now, I want the shine too. I want this. I want to be. I want to usurp his role. That's what it came out to me personally. I want to usurp the role. I want to be on top too. Instead of just playing your playing your part, if you were if you were comfortable with just being the wife, just being who you are, you wouldn't have an issue. But you still are very successful. So you just, still very could be just a belly. You still doing your own thing, <laughs> right? But but about about what the, the Bible says that the wife always strive for her husband. Like so, eventually, who she really was kind of came out, so to speak. Right now, I'm not trying to paint a broad brush over her and say this is what she is, but this is what came out. And but now it's now that it's open, now that it's there, I, on the bright side is that if I was Steph Curry or my advice what I would give him is like, you need y'all need some counseling. Y'all need to sit down and really evaluate what do y'all really want out of your relationship and how you guys want to continue to go forward. Because if things are, I can imagine things were happening so fast. I know they met in church. That's where they met. And they met, you know, before he got famous, before he was Steph Curry, right? Mm-hmm. When he was still thinking about still in Davidson, not even high school, something like that. But the thing about it is that they really have to go back and say, we have to go back to the foundation of our relationship. Like, what are we trying to make work? And then individually, what does she need to work on and what does he need to work on? Because I think it's almost that you have to be, well, how did you really shape and fashion your marriage? Or did the success, or did the success take off so fast you had no time to really build, to work on a relationship itself? We just worked on those relationship goals. <laughs> you got crazy, got rich, got blew up like this, but we never right. worked on relationship itself. And like you say, yeah, there's different things. That's obviously, obviously, if somebody says that, either they're not in their right mind or there really are some things going on, some struggles or whatever, personally, that she went through. But if, uh, the advice I would give to her courage, like, man, if, if probably it's time for you already to take the opportunity to get some counseling or get some help or get some advice or learn more about marriage itself and how to be able to create and develop your relationship. But, her saying that I don't necessarily say that it takes away from Steph Curry and who he is, or that takes or say he, he's doing a bad job. I'm pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure he's doing a pretty good job, but she decided to make that statement. You know what I'm saying? So 
that's that's my advice I would get to him. And of course, I would get to say in prayer. But I also want to know is like where is his spiritual life at? I don't, I don't know, and I don't want to cast judgment. I don't want to be to be a type of person because we're talking about how the microphone casts judgment. But from the outside looking in, yeah, it's, it's the unfortunate thing is that these are the examples we have, and you want to root for somebody like that. Like we want to pull for somebody like that that finally makes a stand for Christianity, blah blah. blah. But then like ah, it's a letdown. Like yeah, I, I get I get I get what we're saying. Like you know, he's not perfect. But for me, it was a letdown. Hearing hearing the cuss like that's a letdown for me because I like. Man, that's kind of tough. Yeah. I thought we had somebody. You know what I'm saying? I guess I, I guess I just stick with Tim Tebow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Steph Curry can't do it for me. I don't know. You know, but I think that's that's the thing, man. It's like as hot as he gets to come to a place to where they're really truly developing their their marriage and their relationship. To and also understanding like what are some things that individuals have to work on because success doesn't mean remember success doesn't equal character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And Steph Curry, Aisha. We're not dogging. And if you need counseling, I got some cold people for you. <laughs> but, and also, yeah. yeah, we don't want, I don't want anybody to think that anybody, me nor anybody behind the mic nor hard strong thinks that anybody is perfect. Right no now. one is perfect. Everyone has their struggle because mm-hmm. it's things that we all struggle with. The one thing is when you're in the public eye, you have to be careful of right. your struggle mm-hmm. because yeah. you are being looked at. Mm-hmm. So everything you do is being looked at. So, if you do fall or slip, you need to be aware of that. And in my opinion, you should address it if you are if your platform is Christianity. Yeah. If you publicly slip and your platform is Christianity, right. I believe oh, you no, should don't say get me wrong. Something. If you proclaim something, yes, and you probably proclaim you're a Christian, but you're publicly proclaiming something that's opposite of it. Oh, you would get called out. That is what it is. We got to yeah. say that's wrong. It's wrong. We have to call out what it is. Yes. So, but we're not them individual people. We're not bashed up. But what she said was terrible. That just it is what it is. It's just wrong. You see what I'm saying? But at the same time, like you said, is that we still have to? Because this thing, like, we can be very politically correct with it. We can put we can we can come from a space of we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But if my son or my daughter looks up to them, and this is what they're hearing, they're hearing them saying, then I know that they're going to pick up on these values. Mm-hmm. So. Is that acceptable? Nope. Do I call not at all. Of course it's not. So yeah, I'm gonna say, hey, that's wrong. I don't care who they are. It's wrong. Tyler Perry, that's wrong what he did. If he said, hey, I, I don't mind just shacking up, we get whatever, but I'm gonna go lay hands on a, somebody like that is wrong, it's wrong. And it's okay to say it's wrong. Right. It's not judging the people, but the action is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay to say that. I agree. Something that I push, I, I feel like I have to say this on every show. Disagreement. Does not mean dislike or judgment. Right, of course. Because we live in a culture now where if you speak against something that someone is doing, right. you like, hate them. You hate on them. You're judging them. Who are you you're to judge? You're shaming them. We have to get away from this ultra right. sensitive culture and mm-hmm. be able to understand that some truth is, right. is hard. Yeah. When Especially when it's telling you something that goes against what you are choosing to do and it's that shock of right. accepting this truth is accepting the fact that I'm doing something, I'm acknowledging right. that I'm doing something that's that's not too kosher. Right. But you know, hey, that's that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's tough, man, because I think that's the thing is like, like you said, like that you can't shame anybody. You can't speak against anybody. The comments are going to be, your comments are going to be fired, man. They're going to be messed up. People are going to be talking about down about you, man, and a whole bunch of thumbs down. But at the same time, it's either the truth is truth. Like, what, what are we really standing for? 
it was not standing for truth. It'd be different if like this is you know uh gaybisms or something. You know what I'm saying? Your thoughts, everything yep. you're saying about the world, it's right, it's right. Or this is what these are heartisms, you know, proverbs of the heart. This is what this house is gonna yeah. be. That'd be one thing, but if our truth is biblical, if our foundation, our our if our standing point is a biblical foundation, then we're not speaking our own truth, you see. So if somebody disagrees with that and say, hey, well, you know, at the same time, this is how I feel. Now we're just, like I said, we're going to go, go back. Why do you feel that way? Right. And it's yeah. a tactic of the enemy. Yeah. I mean, it's just a way that he can make it to where now the church is so intimidated. And fight we, each other. So worried, but, but the church yeah. is intimidated in front of the world. So the world punks the church into a corner and the church can now not say anything about anything because we're so concerned about how everybody's going to feel about it. Yeah. And so then now we kind of tiptoeing and then we like, well, maybe I shouldn't feel that way altogether. Well, I should just accept this. You yeah, know, it's, it's kind of the same thing when uh, Lauren Daigle came out with that comment she made about right. she didn't know if it's wrong to be gay. I think she was Ellen. Ellen yeah, asked she her, was yeah. on like, Ellen. Was it Ellen, right? Yeah, she was on Ellen to do a song and I think she did say something like yeah, that. She was, she, what she was saying is that I guess Ellen must have asked her like, you know, being wrong, being gay, you know, being gay, wrong, whatever. I don't know. I, I never read that. I don't know if it says that in the, I don't know, but God loves it. But like, come on, man. Like, oh. yeah, just because come on. Ellen, now, <laughs> you know, uh, what's, what's what I'm trying to say right now? Transparent moment. Although I don't agree with her lifestyle, and I think Ellen is like one of the coolest people <laughs> on earth. Just seeing her, I'll just, I'll just be like, Man, Ellen looks like somebody you could just kick it with. Mm-hmm. Although not agreeing with our lifestyle, because biblically it is it is wrong. But right, but it, <laughs> but even people on gospel rap songs be talking about getting on Ellen. I'm like, okay, now you know that some of the values not lining up. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah, but it's like why 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 is it that that we do that? You know, you you over here, you you preaching, you saying, you making this stand, you have all this, but. You you saying this, so you know, once you're seeking it, it's seeking you. So once you get this platform to now make this stand mm-hmm. that you've been shouting about all over here, right. it's like, praise God, Jesus is the way, Jesus. Well, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus does love every, no one's perfect. Right. Oh, she asked you a direct question. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these, well, let me, let me rephrase my question. What do you think about the thing, this is something I'm going to speak about in my next episode, the cancel culture. You getting canceled nowadays right. for anything. Mm-hmm. You and you get set up. You go to do an interview right. about trash cans, mm-hmm. and then they ask you, "Is homosexuality a sin?" <laughs> the trap. And you're like, "Hold on, I'm here to talk about trash cans." Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that. Does homosexuality belong in a trash can? And you're like, "Hold on, I don't agree with homosexuality. I think it's wrong. However, I don't hate homosexuals." Next thing you know, you're canceled because you don't agree with homosexual lifestyle. Right. So do you think, what do you think about the, the pressure that's on a person, say a, a married couple to, or just anybody, but specifically married people to hold this biblical truth that goes against what is taboo now in fear that, man, if I make this stand, that's a wrap. You know, I think it, at the end of the day, we have to make a choice. Either we're going to stand for God or we're not. You know, Jesus is like, either you're for me or you're against me. So we have to realize either we're going to be for him or we're against him. We have to, we have to realize like either we're we shining the light 
Are we over here in the darkness with everybody else? And I think that we're so unsensitive to the spiritual aspect. Like even when you talked about that, like that is a literal trap. That's a trap. It was meant to entangle you. Like that was a demonic entanglement that was meant and it was set up to silence your voice. And it's like powers of darkness all over the media. And they're trying to silence the voice of the church. And because people are so unspiritual and so busy trying to be validated by the world, instead of worrying about your stance for God, because when we make what other people say more important, we minimize like one is going down, the other is going up. You can't have them both. Right. And so we're making that more important, like we're esteeming that higher um, than our than our godly calling. So now that's on the back burner. Now we're like saltless salt, like we have no point, no purpose. And really, the enemy doesn't really just want us canceled. He want us there just lukewarm. <laughs> you like a security guard that's sleep because now we got a we got a way in the back door because this person here don't know who they are. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. You sleep. You don't realize that this really an attack of the enemy. You, you're not on guard. And so because we're not really paying attention to what's happening, we're not realizing like, hey, that was meant to trap me in a corner. Or we're not calling things out like, hey, that really wasn't right. And we're feeling like, you know, I remember when Joel Osteen, everybody was upset with him because the same exact trap was set for him. And then when it was time for him to say something, although he did eventually say homosexuality was wrong, you could see the physiological distress that that caused him. Like he, almost, opened up. he almost broke into a whole sweat, <laughs> having to mumble those words and finally get that out because it's just the truth. It is what it is. And so we shouldn't have, we should be able to proudly and boldly say, like, I'm sure Jesus would get plenty of thumbs down. Jesus uh, would have been got canceled a long uh, he'd time ago. He'd have been canceled. He did get canceled. He did. He, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, but we have to know too, like, I mean, how do you esteem the Bible? Do you believe that this word is true for you today? And if people really pay attention, you can see this word is living. Like the exact same thing is still going on all these thousands of years later. Like we're still enduring the same stuff. So we keep our foundation right. We'll be able to do it as we're called to do. But if we don't, we're going to fall to the wayside. Yeah, I think, I think the same thing. I think that um, along with that too, what came to my mind is that, you know, Jesus said, if you did not for men, I'll deny you for the Father. Right. So I don't want to be denied. Come on. I don't want to get big denied, you know what I'm saying? On that day, before the great white throne, left behind. I'm not left behind, no. Denied to get interested to him. Like, no, no, no. No, but I think, like, you know, like my wife said, I think that's the thing that people are facing now, especially, but I think that same thing pervades into marriages too, because you're trying to uphold a separate standard that you want the world to like you or accept you to be a certain thing or, you know, to be to be acknowledged and to be uh, to be liked by other people, because the world is saying you have to be this way, you have to be that way, you have to show up this way, and we'll embrace you and accept you. But if you are if you already don't have identity, if you already don't feel accepted by God, then of course you're going to branch out to other things. And I think even in those moments, you know, whether it be for instance, like um, oh you man, I guess I guess oh you married, yeah I'm married. Oh so you man, your wife might just do everything you tell her to, right? She, she bowed down to you, man. You did it. That is not how it works. But like, if I but if I'm in a culture where number men and we have had this mentality where we macho, we this, then of course I might succumb to that. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I make I, I make the decisions. This, I run the house. It's my house. I run the house. Is that is that okay? Is that good? But when people uh, buckle under the pressure, in other words, I don't say, but I won't say that. Mm-hmm. People buckle under the pressure, right? That they succumb to because of because of they're trying to be liked, they're trying to be accepted by everybody else. Right. But at the end of the day, 
it comes down to this. Once you accept Christ, your Lord and Savior, you are into the war. And you got to always have the mentality that we are in a war. This, I have to have a militant mentality with this. And this, the, 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 the last point about it that she brought up, I think was very good, is that things are not looked at from a spiritual standpoint. Mm-hmm. Everything is looked at only from a natural standpoint. Everything is. And that's the problem that we have with the church. Sometimes that we look at everything from a natural standpoint. It's right. me fighting you. Now, there's spiritual things going on. Mm-hmm. Paul said, what, what was a war for not carnal? So these are not carnal things we were fighting. Then why are we still fighting carnally? Right. And we should be looking at it from a standpoint of this is a spiritual, this is a spiritual battle we're going, but we're dealing with. And these are spiritual forces behind us that are really, that are really, that, that we're fighting against. And they will sit back laughing at people, <laughs> laughing right. at people because he's winning. Mm-hmm. From a standpoint of when stuff like that happened, that's like a, I'm saying a, 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 yep. a chalk mark in this column, yep. tick mark in this column, mm-hmm. man. But we have to come to a place, even from a mayor's standpoint, is that when we come together, our values have to be biblically sound and biblically match up to where now when we're expressing Christ and expressing God in the world, which is one of the reasons why people don't want to get married, because really you want to express God. The, the marriage is meant to express God and God, the godly family in the earth. Right. We're meant to express God in the earth. But when people refuse that, they say, I don't want to express God no more. Why? Because once you hold people to a standard of being married, you have to hold them to every other standard of living holy. Mm-hmm. And people don't want that. Nope. That's good. That's good. So basically, what I'm getting from this is, which we all in the same, and we all in agreement, God has to be the foundation. Yeah. Wild question. Because without God as the foundation, basically you're just making stuff up as mm-hmm. you go. Right. And once God is your foundation, and in this case in marriage, then that helps you find an identity. Basically, well, it would help you find your identity hopefully before you get married. Right. But you have to be in a mature space mm-hmm. because everything that you all are saying, an immature person is, is not even no. going to be able to do that because mm-hmm. everybody is going to allow their self-will mm-hmm. to cloud their judgment. And then, like you all said, your uh, last episode of your podcast with these misconceptions, how, I, and I'm pretty sure, not pretty sure, I know I'm guilty of it, you know, when you, <laughs> before you get married, everybody made this thing, man, when I get married, it's going to be like this, it's going to be like that. Everybody, everybody does this. it, though. Everybody oh, yeah. does this. Ain't know what those are called? The Relationship goals. Yep. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then when yeah. life hits you. And me and she's like, hold on, wait, wait, I forget that goal. Yeah. I'm just trying to survive, yeah. you know, yeah. like you, like I tell people, just because you can Afford a, afford a car note doesn't mean you can afford the car. That's right. true. Because That's real. you can pay a note on the bins, but when it breaks, how do you handle it? Exactly. Yeah. Granny, you could af- afford marriage. Marriage was $16. <laughs> <laughs> I think it went up since we all got married. Yeah, $16 <laughs> to get married. But then can you afford, Can you? Ha- how do you handle the breakdown? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. even one thing, I want to let people know it's just because you are a Christian does not mean that you're not going to have bumps in the road. So, Cause I know people who have that, that misconception thinking once I get with God, my life is going to be perfect. My marriage is going to be perfect. My kids are all going to go and do this. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. Oh. God helps you deal with issues as they come. And he does help you avoid some issues, but mm-hmm. there will be issues. So with God as the foundation that gives you the maturity to deal with the breakdowns in your marriage right. and overcome it. And then hopefully you are a light to another marriage because what yeah. you've gone through, that now gives you the credence to be able to speak life into people who are going through that. Right. Instead of just 
going to Facebook and looking for the best relationship picture. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, I like that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So, okay, that's good. I appreciate you all coming, coming, coming. I appreciate it. We're going to definitely have to have you all on here yeah, again because be I like it. You know, I'm on the podcast by myself, so it get lonely. So I try to have as, <laughs> as, as many guests as possible. But again, whoever listening, everybody out there, remember, Rehab your marriage. I'll let you all go and get a plug again. Yeah, know? man. Uh, guys, you can check us out. There's uh, Jason Hart, Law, my wife, Lucinda Hart, coaches of Hart Strong Marriage Coaching. Uh, Rehab My Marriage Podcast. Uh, we try to get out once a week at least. Uh, now we'll be back in the groove of things every week. We'll have our podcast out. I mean, episode three is out right now. Dealing with the common misconceptions of marriage. Guys, check us out. Rehab My Marriage Podcast. You, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or you can go to anchor.fm. Anchor.fm and check us out, man. Search Rehab My Marriage. And uh, also go to our Facebook page. We have Rehab My Marriage Facebook page. You can check us out on Instagram and we are hard strong. And just contact us, guys. Anything we can do to help you guys support you, let's do it. Okay, one more thing. One more question before we close. I want both of you all to answer. Mm. What is one thing, one piece of advice you could give from the male aspect and from the female aspect of marriage that you can release to people? Like, okay, as a wife, this is a nugget. As a husband, this is a nugget you can take. And be like, okay, if you apply this to your life from a husband and a wife aspect, this will really help out your marriage. Well, I would say from a wife aspect, um, just know that the Bible talks about like angels watching over your household. Sometimes you can feel like there are different things that you're doing that are monotonous. Um, you can feel like you're constantly serving, giving, you know, doing different things or whatever. And it's like, you know, I'm in this subservient type role, you know, but um, the Bible talks about, you know, greater is he that serves. And the Bible talks about even Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And, and service is something that, God greatly honors. And when you take a place of doing something as a cheerful giver and taking care of your family as something that you're doing um, as not only because you're grateful, but um, it just glorifies God. Like God completely honors that. Like God honors the woman's prayer. God will move on your behalf when your heart is pure before God. So there are some things that I knew that were kind of out of alignment. I'm like, okay, well, God doesn't write. Why do I submit? I don't know, Lord. I don't know. You know, and um, I just watched God. Like, when I got out the way and I just did what I was supposed to do, um, I just watched God. And I'm like, you know what? First of all, I had a lot to learn, too, while I was looking mm. and trying to say, you know, change him, change the situation, you know. But God grew me through all of those different processes. So I just want to encourage women. Um, God's plan works. God's plan works. Stay faithful. Um, stay trusting in God and you will see God move on your behalf and bless your marriage. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, no, I, I, actually, I don't believe in that. I don't, I don't, yeah, believe, about to true. Say, I don't believe I don't believe it's not true. I just ban you from the podcast. <laughs> no, I think, oh, the, um, actually kind of go along with her is that, you know, for, for men, you know, it's really to, to find, to really learn more about servant leadership how to be, how to serve from a leadership capacity. And that really comes to really growing your relationship with Christ. And then, so you really have, you have to have a passion for, to, to want to be like him, to think like him so much that it literally bleeds to the rest of your relationship. 
I think a lot of times that when men are trying to find their identity and everything else, and uh, we keep our identity and everything else, we'll always, we'll always show up. We'll always try to show up from that space and we'll make a lot of mistakes. We'll do a lot of things that really are hindering our relationship when we think they should work. But as long as we keep continue to see Christ and to be more like him, then the things that we're looking to grow in, like love, like communication, things like that, peace in our home, Really, everything comes from Christ. So, yeah. it's how how bad does do we want to be like Him? And then to be like Him, it's also to be to serve like Him, right? Bible says, I think it's what Philippians chapter two, where Bible says about how Jesus that um, they, they thought not Robert to, to be equal with God, but became right. So He served, He gave sacrificially, He gave His own life sacrificially. So that's the kind of place that men we have to come from is that everything we're doing is unto God. We want to be like Christ. And then we want to show up like him in our relationships, and then we'll see our relationships flourish. Yeah. Powerful, powerful. I hope everybody listening, taking heed to that, listen to it over and over again. Go over to Rehab My Marriage, HeartStrong, LiveHeartStrong.com. Again, we had in studio coaches Jason and Lucinda Hart with HeartStrong. I'm Gabe with Weapons of War, Mark for Mastery. Until next time, peace.